We're here. Hi, this is Two Girls, One Ghost. <laughs> two, two Girls, One Ghost. What were you going to say? Well, that's Sabrina and I'm Corinne. Well, I was going to say that you saying that you were about to sneeze looking at the light reminded me of the show and to tell you that I actually did start Murder at the End of the World, if that's what it's called. What do you think? Well, I haven't finished it yet, but I think it's really good. It's like the pace of it is slow enough that I don't feel like I'll miss something if I'm also multitasking. So it's kind of been my thing where I like bring my computer around and like do laundry and stuff as I'm watching the show. Yeah. But I really like it. It's reminding me so much of this book that I read. I believe it was called Breathless. Oh, I think I have that book. Okay. Yeah, it definitely was Breathless because I got it through Book of the Month. Okay. I definitely have it then because I did it through Book of the Month too. Okay. This Murder at the End of the World or Edge of the World or whatever it's called is reminding me a lot of it because it's like... The way that it interacts with the person that you're following that's like on this expedition, but doesn't feel like they really should be on this expedition slash trip is kind of having a little bit of like, why am I here? Why was I chosen? Why Mm. was I picked? It's the exact same situation. And then how they interact and kind of each person has like a little bit more of like a clue or a tidbit to give to that novice investigator. I think I have that literally sitting next to my bed. So I need to read that now. It was really good. I loved the book. The one thing I'll say about the book is there is a big monologue at the end from the killer, Mm. which usually I don't like just like a full on chapter that's a whole monologue. Why did I do this? Sometimes you got to spell it out for everyone. Yeah. So they did that. But now I have predictions as to who the killer is based on that book. But I don't want to say because I don't want to ruin the book because if I tell you now, you're going to know who the killer is in the book. (laughs) Well, I'm curious what your prediction is of who the killer is maybe you can tell me afterwards just so we don't spoil for anyone else either yeah yeah okay um leia is yelling it is raining outside and i am embracing after this conversation we had with fio i'm embracing being a witch and i'm going to start practicing spells this was actually a gift to me it's a book it's an old book i think it's like from 1970 something what's it called witches potions and spells that's appropriate Straight to the point. Again, very straightforward. Let's see. It's edited by Katherine Paulson with decorations by Maggie Jarvis. And truly, the artwork in here is so beautiful that I'm like, I would get a tattoo of some of this stuff. I love that they call it decorations instead of illustrations. Yeah. Let's see. Decorated. <laughs> what kind of spell do we want? Okay. We talked about this on Campfire Stories, and I would like to talk about it some more. This is a spell. Also, look at this. Okay, look at the art. This is for transvection or flying ointments. And I'm going to read the whole spell and the whole recipe. And then we can discuss how complicated it is. (laughs) Take the fat of young children and seethe it in water in a brazen vessel, reserving the thickest of that which remaineth in the bottom, which lay up and keep until occasion serveth to use it. To it, add parsley, aconite, poplar leaves, wolfsbane, and soot. Take acarum vulgare, parsley, cinquefoil, chinkfoil, yellow watercress, sweet flag, the blood of a flitter mouse, a bat, basically, 
aconite, belladonna, and oil. Stamp all these together, then rub all parts of the body exceedingly until they look red and be very hot, so as the pores may be opened and the flesh loose and soluble. Join herewithal either fat or oil instead thereof, that the force of the ointment may the rather pierce inwardly and so be more effectual. Crumble finely together aconite, hemlock, and poplar leaves. Mix with soot enough to bind them together well and rub briskly over the limbs. Gather belladonna, aconite, chink foil, and water parsnip. Mix them together well and add them to soot from the hearth and fat of a babe from the pot. Rub it as you need. And this is supposed to make you fly, a.k.a. high? Okay. I think the majority of the ingredients are things that if you were trying to practice this type of spell or similar spells, you could grow in your garden. Sure. Yeah. In terms of the fat from a baby, you and I were really trying to work it out on Campfire Stories the other day when we were talking about this, how to get fat from a baby without extracting fat from a baby. And we had right. two two or three theories that we don't know if it will work, but if there's someone in medicine out there, tell us. One was, I was like, what if you took the placenta and like cut a slice of the placenta off? Because that's an organ grown for the baby. A baby, yeah. So that's fat. Then we talked about how like your breath is breathing out fat mm-hmm. and burning calories. And pee. Could you just... You pee out pee. fat too. Yeah. Could you collect the pee, like have a child pee in a jar or breathe into a, a jar? Could those things work? I feel like we don't have to give this, but I feel like we should. Just as a disclaimer, do not do this at home. Oh, obviously. <laughs> obviously, but I feel like sometimes you just have to say it out loud, one, to protect ourselves, and two, to be like, hey, to all of those of you who just, I don't know, maybe think this is a fever dream and want to do it. Okay, the other no. one, this this other one is, I don't know necessarily what this is for, but it's called the Hand of Glory. During an eclipse of the moon, sever the right hand of a corpse, preferably that of an executed murderer. I'm sorry. Okay, I have way less, I take way less issue in that if we Sure, but how complicated? A, very complicated. You have to be a grave robber, basically, or you have to work in a morgue, which you'd probably have to be in a big city because how, what's the likelihood and frequency that you're going to get murderers in your morgue if you're in a smaller town? Right, right. You need to live in a high crime rate area. Also, going back to the first spell, I do have a problem with the fact that they are wanting you to take the blood of a bat and rub it all over your body because I'm like, it's 2024. We have lived through a pandemic. We can do no such thing. We cannot pretend that that's okay. You think disease and I think, but poor little bats. Like I think bats are the cutest little things. I love bats. I know. Well, I'm not thinking that the bat is dead. I'm thinking like, you know, you, you work in a wildlife sanctuary rehabilitation center and sometimes... You just take a little vial. You take the tiniest little bit of blood to test Yeah, test the bat. Right. It does no harm, just like we get our blood drawn. That's kind of <laughs> where I was thinking. No harm to any animal or person in these spells. You have to find a workaround. So all of this is to say my journey into claiming my witch witchiness is not going to begin with that book, but it's a fun read. And I think it's fascinating. (laughs) Kind of like how Theo was saying, like just reading and consuming all of this stuff about witchcraft is a part of the practice. You also have to practice spells. 
You just have to learn about it and understand. I don't know what my first spell is going to be. I kind of feel like we should do a spell together when we're together. Okay. I like that. Because I consider manifestations a bit of a, a spell as well. Maybe we could do something for your acorn tree. Like do a little like love giving to it. Yeah. Hey, acorn tree, we love you so much. Can you start growing the other direction so that <laughs> we don't have to remove you? So if you fall, you fall the other way. Can I ask for your help real quick? Because I have a plant in this room right here. It's a fiddle leaf fig tree. Oh, uh, or not a tree, but it's a plant. But it's doing so well and it's done so well. But I think because it's gotten so cold here in LA and like it's been so rainy and there hasn't been as much sun, I definitely see it like it's leaning. And so I wanted to harness not just my power, but yours too. Could we just whisper to my my tree and say it's doing so well and it's a beautiful plant and I yeah. hope it thrives? Okay. Positive affirmations really do work for trees. It's I a know. tree. Little fiddly fig. I know that it's really hard being an indoor plant. And I know that Los Angeles has gotten really cold, but you have done so well. You look so strong. You look so You're healthy. So beautiful. You're so beautiful. We promise you it's going to get warmer again. You just have to hold on a few more days and you're going to get the temperatures that you like again. But you're doing so great in every environment that you've been thrown into. And we're just really proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And you're so beautiful. And you bring me so much joy. Thank you for being in my life. You do know fiddly figs are like, that's the plant that everyone was tricked into getting as an indoor plant, but they're notoriously finicky. This plant I've had for like six years. And it's like, it's beautiful. It started with like four leaves wow. and now it has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, like 16 leaves. Dang. Okay. Yeah. Well, they do not work out in New England. <laughs> too, too much like air conditioning and heat and stuff. They drop their leaves and God forbid you move them from one window to another window or like. Well, this one's been through like four moves. And so I am very. It's I, just so wild. Yeah, it's beautiful. This is a perfect thing for me to be talking to you guys about right now because I do have a little bit of a cold, but also winter is ever present. And so it's not the first time I've awoken with a stuffy nose. Imagine being able to wake up with the feeling of being completely rested and clear. Wouldn't you want to do that every single night? Yeah, and you can with shh tape. It's designed to combat mouth breathing, snoring, and sleep disruptions. Shh. Tape ensures you wake up refreshed, ready to conquer your day with boundless energy. You can discover the secret to silent, restful nights. So choose shh tape and say goodbye to shh sleep tonight. This product allows you to facilitate better oxygenation of the blood as your nose filters, warms, and humidifies the air prior to reaching your lungs. Shh tape are bigger, they're stickier, they are comfier, and shh tape knows that they can increase your quality of sleep and they want you to get started. ASAP. So to help, they've given you a chance to buy Shh Tape for 50% off using code TGOG50 on their website, shhtape.com. And Shh Sleep Tonight with Shh Tape, a better way to mouth tape. You can connect with them on Instagram and Facebook at shh underscore tape and share your success stories. Okay, well, this is an Encounters episode where we're going to mm -hmm. read encounters that you've sent us back to you. Corinne, I think I would love for you to start. Okay, great. Well, I was thinking that this is 
you mentioning our call with Fio, our call, <laughs> our episode, <laughs> our chat, <laughs> our chat with Fio, it made me think, oh, maybe I should read this because it's also, it's not really about witchcraft and being witchy, but it, just thinking of you with your book of spells and how you have Leia, who's a cat, and just it, it all goes within the category of what we think of being a practicing witch sometimes. Oh, so amazing. I thought I would read this email. It is called, My Cat is Magical, and She Told Me Her Name. <gasps> oh, Leia, come here. I want Leia to be here for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Leia, you have to listen. Leia, this you have to hear this. <laughs> also, I love this because I've been seeing so many videos about the cat distribution system, which is mm-hmm. basically just like the nickname of like where when a cat just chooses you and a stray cat just follows you home. Finds you. And then it's yours now. Yeah. And so I love the idea that those cats out there that find their own homes, that they find a way to let their owners know what their name is or who they want to be. That's so special. Okay. Dear Corinne and Sabrina and Leia, I am Jacqueline and my pronouns are she, her. I've been a listener since I finally learned what podcasts are. (laughs) Welcome. My spooky sister introduced me to you back in 2017. Shout out to Katie. And boy, oh boy, do I have some stories about the two of us. But this email is not about our haunted asses. This is about the day that I found my familiar. Let me set the scene. I was walking along a familiar road where I grew up on an overcast evening. The heavy rain that has been drumming for what felt like 40 days and 40 nights, it had finally stopped and I was so anxious to get outdoors. Lost in my thoughts and love for the watery forest around me, I heard a car. You learn to hear and feel the changes on quiet, idle back roads before you see them. So Mm -hmm. in keeping with rural etiquette, I stepped off the side of the pavement onto the patch of gravel. I didn't want to stand on the grasses due to the flooding. And sure enough, a car came around the bend. We exchanged a neighborly wave and I watched the car continue and then I checked the opposite direction for other drivers. I mentioned looking both ways because one, always look both ways, safety kids. Mm -hmm. And two, it is important to note that I was completely aware of my solitude. Seeing that both ways were clear, I took a step to journey on when a small noise drew my gaze down to my feet. Sitting next to me was a small black cat, six months old, I guesstimated. Where did she come from? She sat up on her hind legs, stretching as if reaching towards my arms. I obliged and I scooped her up. There was instant purring and booping as if we were reunited after a very long time. (gasps) It's so beautiful. As precious as that imagery is, this was a cat who'd been living in the woods for presumably six months. Not only that, but in the recent weeks, she had endured the storms, lest we forget. So she smelled like death herself and was missing almost half of the back of her head where something had obviously tried to make a meal of her. The fact that she survived. I know. Her fur was matted. She was covered in mud. And I can assume fleas, mites, and other parasites. Still, she clung to me and I didn't stop her. There was just a matter of walking a mile back home with a rotting stray and not losing her on the way. We were a stray family, so my mom has rescued our first family dog off the side of the highway. My dad brought our late wolf dog home from a job site. My brother tamed a feral cat on the property, and my older sister is the reincarnation of Noah. I shit you not, she has a farm. As a kid, I would walk the woodland paths awaiting my moment to arrive. 
And at last, it had. My first priority was visiting our local vet who, for medical reasons, gave the cat a haircut rather like that of a show poodle. (laughs) (laughs) Surprisingly, she was in great health and she had no broken bones. And as I had guessed, she was about six months old and she was a female. Mm. Then the vet asked me for her name. And it struck me. A black cat magically appeared on the night of a full moon of Virgo season. If that wasn't my initiation into witchcraft, I don't know what was. Tarot, Virgo, Binks, Salem, Luna, Bast. Which black cat name was I to bestow upon my familiar who would soon be riding broomsticks with me? (laughs) I calculated that Tarot was my favorite name given the circumstances. However, a little voice inside my head kept murmuring something, (gasps) repeating something. And I realized it was saying, Tallulah, Tallulah, Tallulah. Tallulah. I'm a spiritual being, so I can take a hint. Fine. The magic black cat knows her name. Tallulah. Tallulah Louise. Ah, I love it. The Choctaw name being Leaping Waters and the French variation meaning warrior. Tallulah Louise, the warrior of floodwaters. And she survived all the rain. (laughs) I know. This is so sweet. This was in 2019, and when quarantine hit in 2020, I finally slowed down for the first time in my adult life, and I started focusing on my spirituality, my healing, and shadow work. I'll send another email with more details about that, but the short story is, I traveled to my Akashic Records, and lo and behold, wouldn't you know, Tallulah was there and waiting for me. Here's pictures of Tallulah, also affectionately and more commonly referred to as Tallulah. Tallulah. See you on the other side, Jacqueline. I need to look at these pictures. We'll insert one into the video. Oh my gosh, she is so cute. She's precious. And I love the photo that I think was probably close to when Tallulah was first found because she has, (laughs) she does have like the little poodle, show poodle, like completely bare arm and then just like a furry paw. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But this little witchy one too on the like the trunk with the broom. Oh, my God, I know. Tallulah. I love that. That is so sweet. Also, just I know that Jacqueline was trying to think of kind of like witchy, spooky, spiritual names anyway. But the one that she was about to name Tallulah was so close anyway. Like Tarot Tallulah. That was so close in comparison to the other considerations. So it is funny that like even without Tallulah whispering her name, Jacqueline was close. She was almost there. Yeah. And Tallulah just gave her a little like a little nudge nudge. Finding your familiar in a wet wooded area on a full moon. It makes me miss soot. Makes me miss my foster Uh, kitties. I just need. I know. If I weren't going to the UK and I'm not using this as an excuse, I'm going, going. Yes, you are. You're going to be in the UK while I'm out. While you have a baby. (laughs) On maternity leave. (laughs) (laughs) On our podcast version of maternity leave. Yeah. Okay. I have a story from Josie and it's called. Vortex in the Forest. Ooh! Hello. I'm Josie from Montana. I started listening with my little boy a few months ago. He is only 15 months old, but I'm pretty sure he loves your podcast as much as I do. Creepy kid. (laughs) Creepy kid. I consider all of the women in my family to be spiritually sensitive, and we tend to attract supernatural activity and just straight up strangeness. So I'm just going to share a couple of key incidents with you. My father inherited a log home in the Bitterroot National Forest from his deceased father 
and my parents decided it would be a good idea to renovate the cabin and move in. (laughs) The cabin was built in the 1970s by my grandfather. The property has a history of ownership dating back to Montana becoming a state in 1889. So while the cabin itself is like a little bit newer, the land and the property itself is very, very old. Wow. Neighboring property owners have told my parents about finding Native American arrowheads and beads on their properties. So it's assumed that the Bitterroot Salish Native American tribes either lived on my parents' property and surrounding properties or had traveled through the area. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's a huge amount of history there. So my parents moved in during the renovation process when my brother was three years old. I could spend the rest of the day detailing every strange occurrence that happened here, but I'm just going to tell you a couple of key things. Several strange noises would come out of the wooded area behind the home all hours of the night. Everything from what sounded like the echoing roar of a lion inside a cave to a woman screaming. Oh my God. Although it was very fucking creepy, my parents always chalked it up to being animal noises. One night inside of the home, my mother was awoken to my brother screaming. My mother ran to his room only to find him not in his bed. She ran throughout the house only to find him locked in the storage area under the stairs. There is no physical possibility of this toddler opening this door and closing it behind himself, even in the daylight. My father was working out of town at this time, so obviously my mom was like, fuck this. The next day, she called her Native American friend, who did a cleansing and burned sage in the home and placed sage wrapped in a red and blue cloth above the front and back door, red at the east and blue at the west. Since then, only strange activity has happened outside of the home, including what I'm about to tell you happened to me. The summer after high school, I was working at a ranch down the road and had gotten to bed particularly late one night after my shift. And then I had a dream of a woman in a white dress preparing to take her own life. The moment she was going to do that, I woke up only to hear a woman crying on what sounded like the front porch of my home. My bedroom was on the second story, and there was a window open directly above my headboard. I was, of course, home alone. I then huddled under the blankets, scared until the sun came up around 30 minutes later, and then, finally, the crying stopped. 30 minutes of crying is a long time. This makes me so sad for this wailing woman, but also I, I know. there's always a bit of suspicion yes. as well. After telling a couple of friends, they sent me a YouTube video of mountain lions trying to attract prey by crying and pretending to be injured. But if it were a mountain lion, what was with the horrifying dream and the timing of waking up to the woman screaming? Friends and family have reported seeing red eyes in the wooded area. A friend of my mother's is a spiritual medium who visited the property and told my mother she felt a strong male presence and an overwhelming feeling of dread. Maybe it's my Mm -hmm. grandfather because he was a pianist returning home from a performance and unfortunately... The next day, his truck was found overturned in a river, and he was found dead. No one really knows what happened. So maybe he could haunt the property, but I don't personally think it's him. Oh, and several pets have gone missing without a trace. So I have concluded that the unexplainable roaring that is too loud to be any animal is in fact the echo of a vortex opening. Maybe I'm just weird. Thanks for reading. You the best. See you on the other side, Josie. If you are a freelancer like us, you probably dread your quarterly tax bills. And if if your business of one is not set up properly, you're likely overspending on your taxes. So it is time to reduce your tax bill by thousands with Collective. Collective is the all-in-one financial solution for self-employed entrepreneurs that specializes in S-Corp election. 
Let Collective handle your taxes, bookkeeping, and payroll all for a fraction of the cost of a CPA. And if your business of one is making at least $60,000 in profit annually, then you could be missing out on thousands in tax savings every year. With Collective, the S-Corp tax election is saving its members an average of $10,000 per year. But don't wait to elect because the deadline to backdate your S-Corp to January 1st is coming up on March 31st. Right now, Collective is waiving the onboarding fee when you go to collective.com slash TGOG and tell them TGOG sent you. That's a $199 value waived and a full year of S-Corp savings when you go to collective.com slash TGOG and tell them TGOG sent you. That's collective.com slash TGOG and tell them TGOG sent you. It's hard because there's so many different things. I mean, the cabin was in a very wooded area. So yeah, mountain lions can be, can sound like a screaming woman. They can sound like a crying woman. They can sound probably in their caves because they live generally in sort of like cavey rock formation type right. thing. Remember when we were at the Bell Witch Cave in Tennessee and they told the story about how everyone ran out so fast because they heard like a screaming woman from inside the cave during one of the tours and it turned out to be a mountain lion. Yeah. Which is probably even scarier. <laughs> it is very scary. The animals going missing is really sad. The toddler being locked in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. And he was three. I'm really curious what he had to say, like what he experienced and if he, how he could explain what happened. Yeah. What did he say? And it's also like, what did he say in the moment? Because it's also hard, like, the next day to ask someone what happened because yeah. you have nightmares and you kind of rewrite your own memory. I would be really curious because I think about, like, Superstition Mountains and kind of even just in Alton, Illinois, like, that story of the man-eating bird, right? Like, there's so mm -hmm. many legends that come from the original tribes who lived on this land that I would be really curious what beliefs they had and what legends and superstitions they had because I very much believe they exist for a reason that there's something else that lives on that land and there was so much respect from the Native Americans and tribes to nature with nature and what we didn't right. know and what we don't know and this understanding that it's not just our land something else exists here too yeah I'm very curious about that as well because I I mean I default to immediately trust whatever they say because they they've been there longest they know what's up they're not closing their eyes and pretending certain things aren't happening like a lot of us tend to do because it's scary right <laughs> yep i want to see pictures of your house josie yeah the cabin in the woods and keep us updated on your creepy little kid <laughs> <laughs> okay well i have a story about some creepy little kids it is oh. called little shadow camper boy and little girl in white at the schoolhouse this is the remix of little drummer boy little <laughs> Yeah, way more terrifying. Ba -da -ba -ba -bum. Hello, ladies. Your pyramid scheme is working. My two divine students recommended your podcast Woo! to me. And it's been wonderful listening to 2017 through the start of 2019 and seeing you soaring into 2022 on Instagram. Soaring. I started listening at the start of August and I've been binging. Congratulations on your tour, all of your hard work. Your kindness is paying off. And I will say I wish some of the venues had flexibility for people under 18, like my students, because they passed the vibe check. Ugh, we felt the same way, but... Hopefully you were able to see our moment house. Oh, yes, there was the moment house. Yeah. But it does, we felt that there were only two venues that let people under 18 go. Yeah. 
Shout out to SNP and KW. You are both incredible and I'm grateful to know you. You bring a wonderful light into this universe. So those are the students that worked the pyramid scheme. Congrats. And thank you. Thank you. I'm a big believer that there is something sacred in the friendship of two women, something divine in the cosmic universe that is perfectly balanced in the stars. So ladies, here are some ghost stories. Wait, that's like a really beautiful sentiment and I couldn't agree more. Like my friendship with you, Corinne, is one of the most magical things that has ever existed in my life. And it's so special. (laughs) I know. I feel the same way. I also... I had this conversation during wedding planning, but then also had this conversation the other day with my mom about just like baby stuff because we were coming up with like the list for the baby shower my mom is throwing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, who am I forgetting? My mom was like, you didn't put Sabrina on the list. And I was like, I never remember to put you on the list because you are also me. Like I am like an extension of you. (laughs) Yeah. I never think that like you need an official invite. (laughs) <laughs> like, well, obviously, I feel like she's part of the planning process. <laughs> like, I will just telepathically know you don't need to send an invitation. No. Well, I mean, you would know before anyone else because you find we talk <laughs> constantly. So, you know, everything first anyway. But I'm like, God, I always do that. Like, I just view you as also me. So That's so funny. we are one. <laughs> we are one. Our one brain cell. Okay. The ghost stories. Starting with the little shadow camper boy. I was teaching and I was a camp counselor. And one night I was doing some long exposure shots of the campfire and thinking, wow, what an incredible place to be under the stars, in the woods, enjoying songs around the campfire. It was dark and I was walking the trail back to where the main cabin was because I really needed to go pee. And everyone was down at the campfire. So when I was walking on this game trail that connects back to the main trail, I was surprised to see a little boy on the trail. I could only make out his silhouette. He was about six to seven feet away. And so I bent down and I went into mama bear mode and I crouched down with my hands on my knees and I asked, are you lost? Thinking he must have wandered off to the bathroom alone, totally not allowed. But hey, he's one of my baby bears and I'll get him back to the main group. And sure enough, he walked or maybe he floated a little closer to me and then whoosh, he just swept by me and then he was gone. I wasn't scared. I didn't have a negative or weird feeling. And I always tried to instill the spirit of a mother bear to watch over the campers like a hawk. So potentially, maybe I was just facing my fears. But yeah, I did see a little shadow boy. Thank goodness it wasn't like mid-pee. Oh my God, I know. That's a nightmare. Is like, I think actually the worst thing, the worst paranormal experience in the world that I could imagine is being alone in like a public restroom where there's a bunch of the stalls. And in America, in our stalls, we have slits on each side. We're like, I don't know why, but like people can see in. Like you could see yeah. some like a full like eyeball. Like an eye. Yeah. And I hate the idea that someone's face just like really close up. There's just an eyeball staring at you. <gasps> Terrifying. Okay. Next experience. Camarillo Schoolhouse, Little Girl in White. Okay. So this one was one that I experienced when I was closer to my student's age. I was heading to my best friend's house and there's a gate that you slide open to enter the property. And then there are pickup trucks that are parked for the business that was housed at that property. So the property has a house built next to one of the very first schoolhouses in the area. It housed all grades and we were aware that it was haunted because we'd heard plenty of stories. It was remodeled and that seemed to shift the paranormal activity, but not completely. So it was dark out and I opened the sliding gate to enter the property. 
I was greeted by a dog and I looked over at the pickup truck and on the windshield of one of the trucks, I saw a little girl, all white, in a dress, just resting and leaning her back on the windshield of the truck, her legs up, lounging on the hood of the truck. The dog that greeted me would not leave my side. He leaned into me and my thigh and he walked with me step by step into that house. The dog stayed closer to the ghost and he kept looking at the truck and at the windshield. I went inside and explained what I had just witnessed. I was much more weirded out and fearful in this instance. And man, that dog, he protected me every step of the way. Hell yeah. I found a lot of comfort in your podcast lately. It came to me at the perfect time. So seriously, KW and SNP, thank you for sharing. My art mentor just passed away from stage four cancer. And I know my journey with her as my master teacher is not done. There's been some really sacred moments that I've experienced and I want to put the puzzle together a little bit more before I share some stories. They will certainly include the glowing window of her art studio and how the dogs never go up into the art studio. There's some blessed spirits in the house, all kind and loving, but the dogs do not like to go up there. Animals are the best. Trust Here's pets. a picture of my kitty, Shaki and Osi. Oh, sweet. Ghouls rule the world. Girls rule the world. <laughs> With love, light, honor, and respect, Kelly. Kelly, I'm really sorry for your loss, but it sounds like she is with you and you will continue to learn from her, which I think is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I love this idea that her art studio, the reason the dogs won't go up there is because, and we've talked about this before with like haunted paintings and stuff, but like when you're doing any kind of art, you are like exposing yourself and like putting a part of your soul into something that I almost imagine that there's like this weird haunting that's created because of that and that's why the dogs won't go up there they're like we're confused by the energy up here yeah there's just like an intense energy permeate i just picture it in like dog vision where this room just has glowing like the door is closed but like there's glowing beams of light and so in dog world they're like oh that's different let's not go let's stay away but then this dog that helped guide kelly through this house and keep her safe is so sweet i know and the fact that the dog Because part of me was like, oh my gosh, was the dog attached to Kelly's hip because the dog was scared and was like, don't leave me, don't leave me. But the fact that- It's like you attaching yourself to me. Yes. Yeah. But it attached itself to Kelly. I'm curious if it entered the home or if it went back outside because it also could have been scared and was just like, oh my God. Because it kept looking back too. So it's like either looking back in a protective way or maybe it was looking back being like, is it following me? (laughs) Yeah. Because I know my dog when he was alive, Wrinkles was- big he was part doberman so he was mm-hmm. a big dog but he was the scaredest little dog. i love he had little dog fears in a big so dog body cute. so he would have done the same thing yeah. or he would have ran and left us behind just every man for himself so i'm curious if this dog was very protective or if the dog was also spooked by this little ghost girl just like having a time lounging on the hood of the truck whatever Enjoying the day. Probably a little spooked, but was there nonetheless to support Kelly? Yes. And thank you. Shout out to the students for working that pyramid scheme. We talk about it. We always hope it will happen. And look, it did. I feel like this is something strange, but. That's like Illuminati, isn't it? (laughs) I'm not part of the Illuminati. 
Mm-hmm. Although they did invite me, not Ukraine. I know. Okay. This is from our listener, Corey. And we actually met Corey and their wife. I don't know what pronouns Corey goes by, but they were both at our Minnesota show. And it's called Two Girls, One Ghost, and a Wedding. Instead of a bachelorette party, let's go see TGOG live. Do you remember we met this I remember couple? Them. And they're like, yes. we're getting married tomorrow. And we're like, oh, my God. What do you got? Like, what? What? <laughs> How are you here? Corinne and Sabrina, my name is Corey, the dark hair in the photos, and my fiance, now wife, we're at your show in St. Paul, Minnesota. I wanted to thank you for the great show. It was honestly a wonderful way to spend our last date night out as a non-married couple. I honestly think I was more nervous to meet the two of you after the show than I was walking down the aisle the Sunday after. I had no idea what I was even saying to you other than I was super proud of the fact that you guys got me to buy Pretty Litter. (laughs) I remember this comment too. (laughs) It was an incredible experience meeting the people behind the voices I've listened to since the very beginning of Two Girls, One Ghost. I've been trying to get caught up on some past episodes, and in a couple of them, you shared stories where writers stated that they had tried to send in emails, but they seemed to have disappeared and were never sent. Well, mm-hmm. I have had this same experience. After I sent the email, I checked to make sure that it was sent. However, it was not in my sent messages folder. It was not in my drafts folder. It wasn't in my trash. I figured either. If you got it, great. If not, oh well, I guess, until I heard others sharing on their experiences trying to send emails to you guys. I mean, it is the most haunted podcast, right? It certainly is. My phone has started playing your podcast without me touching it. It's also just stopped playing or just won't play at all. Well, now I figured I would try again after having an amazing opportunity to meet you both. I like to picture that Corey post-wedding, like, immediately after walking down the aisle was like, okay, now let's sit down and write an email to two girls one ghost. <laughs> Wedding is done. Nuptials complete. Next on the to-do list. Rewrite that email. Sandwich the wedding with two girls one ghost. A few years ago, I sent an email about sleep paralysis experience and a more heartwarming story about a dream I had of my grandmother. This is the email that didn't actually end up sending. Okay, so I'm going to start with the sleep paralysis dream. One night, I f- fell asleep on my couch in the living room of my studio apartment My head was facing away from the door of the apartment, so I was not able to see the door. I woke up at some point and realized that I was unable to move my body. Now, this was not completely new. It has happened before in my life, but this time was different. This time, I could sense something behind me. It was like that feeling you get when someone's watching you, but this was way more sinister. I felt like I heard my apartment door open, or at least the knob making sounds. I could feel something behind me slowly moving towards me. Even though I could not see what this unwelcome guest looked like, I could tell that something was standing over me by the shadow that had slowly faded into my line of sight. Oh, that's so creepy. Just like the shadow lurking like this. Slinking in. Not only was this dreadful thing wicked creepy, but it was also slow as fuck. I tried moving. I wanted to get up, to be awake and have full control of my body. But most of all, I really wanted to turn my head to see what was behind me. What I was experiencing was not the most pleasant, but I was so curious and fascinated the whole time. I still, to this day, am. The shadow continued to grow bigger and the fear only kept growing. Then, in a quick snap, I felt myself come into my body and slowly started moving again. I'm not sure if this was me waking up or if I had been awake the whole time, but it felt like I had been awake the whole time. I instantly thought it was some creepy dream or perhaps my mind was playing tricks on itself. However, what gave away that this might be more than just a dream was my cat, Echo. 
Echo was gone. Oh. Or I thought she was. I couldn't see her anywhere until I looked up, and she was terrified. Echo had jumped on the kitchen counter, then on top of our refrigerator and on top of cabinets, and sat between the space of the cabinets and the ceiling, hiding. She was so clearly scared, I had never seen her do this before. I could see it in her face, in her fur, and the very way she was sitting. It was almost that look that humans get when they taste something very sour, except for it was on my Mm. cat Echo's face. I was so fascinated by this that I hoped it would happen again. (laughs) Corey, what? I eventually was able to intentionally make myself experience sleep paralysis if I woke up in the right state. Like when you're just waking up and you're right on the line between falling back asleep and being awake. Unfortunately, nothing like this has ever happened again as far as I know, but I will never forget how my cat looked that night and I trust my pets. I love how Corey's, you know how like I want to be abducted by aliens so badly. Corey wants to experience the sleep paralysis experience again, even though it's so scary, so badly that it's not going to happen. Like both of us are not going to get what we want because we want it too much. <laughs> right. Hey, but at least Corey experienced it once. That's true. It did Corey, happen. You've got one up on me. The second story of my grandmother is not a scary one, but a heartwarming one. Look at me picking a heartwarming story to end on. Wow. <laughs> I feel like this was accidental. I identify as a trans woman and I came out after my grandma had passed away. So she never had the chance to meet the woman I am today. I was going through a particularly dark time in my life. I was struggling with alcoholism, mental health, struggles with bipolar, anxiety, depression. And at the time I didn't know it, but OCD. I had just been on a long drinking bender and I was going through some wicked withdrawal as I stopped drinking to prepare to return to work after having a few days off. I don't know if you've ever experienced alcohol withdrawals, but they are less than fun. They make hangovers look like child's play, and depending how bad it gets, it can be fatal. At the time, I had a lot of suicidal ideation. One night, I had a dream, and in that dream, I was walking through some sort of cafeteria slash church basement type of place. Like the kind of place where you might imagine people much older than I would play bingo or something. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like we're getting to bingo age. I feel like I'd oh. be down for bingo. Have you ever been on a cruise? Bingo is like... Yes. Cruise bingo is like popular. Yeah. There's a certain type of energy in the air of bingo that people just don't talk about enough. No. It's electric. Why aren't people talking about that bingo energy? <laughs> no. It's big bingo energy. BBE. As I made my way across the room, I had no idea why I was there or where I was going. But then I came across a table with two people sitting at it. It was my grandfather and my late grandmother. They both stood up to greet me with smiles, and my grandmother gave me a big, warm, welcoming hug and just simply said, there's my girl. In that moment, I felt (gasps) instant relief, a calmness I had not felt in a long time. And when I woke up, my withdrawal symptoms were mostly gone, and I felt nothing but peace. I give this dream and my grandmother credit for this. That was about five to six years ago, and I am now a very peaceful, calm person. I'm still alive or at least I think I am. And I will be sober for two years on October 11th, 2023. Yay. Congratulations. Thank you for the hours and hours of entertainment, distraction, and inspiration you have both given me. I'm so glad I found you when I did because it was the first podcast I ever felt a connection to. You're the only podcast I've actually given money to. And I'm proud to say that I'm in the pyramid scheme of TGOG. (laughs) Stay spooky and good luck with the rest of your tour. And Corinne, get well soon. Oh, she got well, and she got knocked out. Oh, yeah. COVID times, baby. Thank you, Corey S. Dang. 
Well, Corey, I hope the wedding was everything. Corey sent wedding photos and they are stunning. Okay, I'll look. These photos, my goodness. Oh my gosh, they're so beautiful. (gasps) Oh my gosh. And there's a photo from the Minnesota show. It's so funny because as soon as Corey was like, oh, I was the one who was saying that we were getting married. My mind, like I could completely picture Corey and her wife standing in front of us, like where each of them were standing, like the way the light, like I can, I remember exactly that. Yeah, I agree. Dang. Well, congratulations, Corey. Congrats on everything. Congrats on your wedding. Congrats on getting an email sent to us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you're working on moving your way to three years of sobriety. You already hit the two-year mark. That's so incredible. So exciting. Congrats. And such a, I know, very difficult thing to do. And every day, I'm sure, is a challenge. But you have done it. And that is such an inspiration to so many people. And I know, I guarantee there are some people listening to this right now who are inspired by your story. So thank you for sharing. Definitely. And to know that you also have your grandmother looking out for you. There's my girl. There's my girl. So sweet. So beautiful. That was a great one to end the episode on. Thanks for choosing that, Sabrina. (laughs) You know, sometimes there's this lightness that takes over me and (laughs) it's like, let's be sappy and sweet today. Yeah. The Illuminati, they'll never get you because you still have these moments. They can't have me. No. I've already sworn my soul to something else, something much darker. Sven? (laughs) This podcast. (laughs) Our community. I sent you something. I think it's going to get there. I mean, by the time this comes out, you'll already have it. But I signed it from Sabrina and Sven. Did you? Oh, that's sweet. I wonder if Sven was looking over your shoulder. Now I want to tell you what it is, but I can't. You can't. I'm trying to get better. You can't. I don't even like surprises, but I feel like I'm for the purpose of, I don't know. I mean, you can tell me. I don't know what I'm getting out of you not telling me. Well, I'll tell you one thing. It's up to you. It's how you want me to experience it. I'll just tell you one thing because this is like more of like, oh, I was like surprised that this existed. So it was like a a bonus add on to the present. There are Mm -hmm. pregnancy like belly masks. Okay, wait. It's basically a face mask, but for your stomach and you put it over your belly. I was, I don't know what I thought you were talking about. I thought like a Mike Myers mask that I like wrapped <laughs> around my stomach. I was like, wait, what is this? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, interesting. So am I supposed to like do a fashion show or something? <laughs> you do a recording and you just paint your belly with like different horror movie faces. It's just Shrek. <laughs> Shrek's face. Wait, no, I want that so um, bad. Oh, you made my eye twitch. Oh yeah, my I did not understand. But belly mask, that makes a lot more sense. Some like soothing, good for your skin type of I've thing. I've made a grave mistake. <laughs> no, now you got me something that I'll probably use immediately. Whereas the other mask would be like, I don't know. Like, this is weird. It's like, maybe. instead. Of, you know how like Rihanna made it cool to like wear those outfits where your belly is just like exposed and like it's kind of sexy, like pregnancy is hot and stuff. I want yeah. you to make it like trendy to like walk around with like horror things on your stomach, like the scream mask, Voldemort's face, Shrek. I feel like it's possible to actually make that a trend because let's not forget when everyone was vajazzling their vajay and like braiding their pubic hair. 
10 Wait, years when ago. when was this? If that, that was a thing. It was like people would literally take like bedazzled jewels and stuff and they were like doing patterns. <laughs> so if that's something that can happen, I think I can make a pregnancy belly horror story characters a thing. All right. Anywho, uh, thank you guys all for joining us again. Please email yeah. us your spooky, heartwarming, scary, confusing, whatever type of story you have with the paranormal. You can email us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. Hopefully it works and it goes through and you're not haunted. Just as like a backup, copy and paste it into like a Word document and then have it always backed up in case it doesn't send so you don't have to rewrite it. Oh, God, that would be the worst. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Join us on Patreon if you want to get episodes one week early and ad-free and bonus episodes every single month and live on Campfire Stories every month. There's only one tier. You get everything for $5 a month. Thank you to Jamie for editing our podcast, both the audio and the video. You're incredible. Thank you. And thank you to all of you. We love you. We love you. And we will... See you on the other side. Very sweet.